listeners, welcome to episode number 145 of eBay the Right Way. Today's date is December 27th. This is the final episode of 2023, and I am proud to say I have not missed a week since starting this podcast in March of 2021. And it's because of you all, my wonderful listeners who keep coming back week after week. I learned this week from Spotify in my year-end stats that this podcast is still in the top 5% of all podcasts on Spotify. So that is very exciting news for me. It means I'm doing something right. So thank you very much for your loyalty and interest in this podcast about the eBay lifestyle and the eBay reselling community. My guests today are Colleen and Tom in Minnesota, and I don't have any announcements this week since we are in holiday mode, so we will jump right in. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. I have another dynamic duo with us today, um, Colleen and Tom. So um, tell us where you guys are located. Yeah, we're from um, Grand Rapids, Minnesota. So northern Minnesota. We're about three hours from the Canadian border. Oh, okay. um, And about an hour and a half um, west of Duluth. So we're pretty much in the North Woods, lots of trees and lakes. And rural and freezing weather. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And so I um, asked Colleen to come on and she said, well, I will if I can have um, her son be part of it. So tell us, tell us how y'all work this out together. Yeah. So, I mean, I, my mom was very excited, obviously, when you asked her to be on. Um, so that was cool. And she's like, I, there's this podcast. I would like you to join me if she'll, if she'll allow it. And she asked, and sure enough, you were, you were generous enough to, to let me join. But yeah, she, she was excited because I grew up with eBay. I, she's been doing eBay for as long as I've been alive. And so I've kind of started to get into it now um, for the last probably six years or so. But she's been doing it for 20 plus years. And me me growing up and watching you know what she what she sells um getting annoyed by listening to to podcasts as a kid and uh, other things being like why are we why are we driving to this city today or that city the next <laughs> you weekend. sound like my kids <laughs> yeah he's, but, he's um, an ebay baby that's for sure yeah, so what year cool. were you born tom uh 1999 so i'm 24 okay so, so my kids were born in i have to think a second 94 and 96. So yeah, pretty close. Yep. You're, you're right in the middle of all that. Um, uh, Mom, don't sell my stuff while I'm at school generation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Colleen, so you want to tell us how you got started? Yeah, actually, it was probably closer to like 18 years ago. My sister um, started selling and she was just selling um, kids clothes and she had a friend that showed her. And so she I'm like, well, I'd like to get involved. And I just started selling some random things, a cowboy hat. You know, I don't even know what it was. Um, but um, pretty soon I realized just going around to the garage sales that for some reason back in the in the early thousands, old motorcycle helmets 
were selling. And I could pick them up at pretty much any garage sale in northern Minnesota for about 50 cents to two bucks. Wow. And it didn't matter the the size, the condition, the any of that. I would pick them up and um, I'd throw the kids in the van and we'd go drive maybe a $200 or 200 mile radius and um, pick up what, well, you know, as many as we could find. And almost every single time I would ship them to Malaysia. Really? Lots and lots of scooters and they wanted them there. And pretty soon we figured out that, you know, if they were metal flake, they were worth more. And we kind of started to develop a little bit of a niche there. And my boys started realizing that they could capitalize on that as well. Okay. So it, it was kind of fun to, to, to figure out that that was one particular good niche to get into. Um, in fact, we found a couple of years into that, I came across one um, helmet. I paid a buck for it. I put it on auction because everything was on auction at the time. And um, $9.99, always started at $9.99. And I watched it go. It was called a Bell Magnum helmet. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. Do they make bicycle helmets too? Well, yeah, it's the Bell Company, but they make bicycle yes. helmets. And so this yeah. was from the 1980s. I had no idea what I had. And um, I watched it and with with one minute left, it was at two, three hundred dollars. And I was just ecstatic. It was the highest sale I'd ever had. And in the last three seconds, it jumped to a thousand dollars. And I flipped out. I couldn't I, I was I was flabbergasted. And I thought I remember walking out onto the deck and looking at my husband and say, you are not going to believe I just sold that helmet for a thousand bucks. And that kind of just got me super excited about the uh, whole. Yeah, thing. that would do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, how much did you pay for it? A dollar. A dollar. A dollar. So yeah, that was that was really one of the one of the cool things. And do you remember that, Tom? I, I do remember. I don't remember the conversation with my father, but I do remember uh the Bell Magnum. She actually has found two of them. Um, but I remember the second one better because my brother found it. Uh, and he was probably eight and he wanted all the profit from it. And my mom was like, ah, no, that's not. What's an eight-year-old have to pay for? No, you get 10 bucks. Uh, I'm going to pay the mortgage with the rest of it. (laughs) In my defense, I did give him $100. He paid $10 for the helmet. But at that time, we were using the eBay money to pay for family vacations. And so I said, Max, come on, you know, we've got to work this out. So I gave him a hundred and then we spent 500 on a family vacation. Oh, and so. you raised him. So, I mean, there's plenty, yeah. of, he's gotten so, plenty of kickback. <laughs> how many kids do you have all together? I have, I have three boys. Um, oh my. Okay. Yeah. So a 19 year old, <laughs> a 22 year old, and then Tommy who's 24. A lot of testosterone in that house. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Um, so when did you start getting involved with the picking, Tom? Well, I mean, we would always kind of, because, she, so she's a teacher and she stays home in the summers and we would always be watched by her. She was our, obviously watching us. We weren't going to a babysitter or anything. So she wanted to, you know, go go down uh, to the cities or whatever, the Twin Cities, about three hours south of us um, and go picking. And so we would be kind of forced into tagging along in a way. Um, but I always... Got a hotel room with a swimming pool, took him out yeah. to dinner. We, you know, we made it a, a trip. Yep. So he wasn't, you know, forced. They yeah, had they it, was, it was an outing. Yeah. Ice outing. cream yeah. and oh yeah. Do all these things, but you guys gotta come with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it it started when I was really young. I mean, I 
I can remember going down and I'd always, I'd always want to play on, on her phone as I was going. And I, you know, we'd get burnt out us boys. We'd get burnt out after, you know, 20 garage sales. And it's like, no, I don't want to go in anymore. I'm just and I say, just come on, we're going to go five more and then we'll go to the pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I, I've been doing it for a, a really long time. Um, but I, I never, I never did any of the listing or uh, selling myself. It would just, I'd go there and look for stuff for me. And I found some cool things um, that I wanted as I was growing up. And then when I turned, I was probably 17 because I, I would have been leaving, leaving high school, going into my freshman year of college. She was telling me, she's like, Hey, you know what? You should consider doing eBay as you're going to college because it's a great way to make money. And you can probably make more than you would at a part-time job um, doing, you know, bagging groceries or anything like that. And so I'm like, ah, well, that's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to learn. I'd watched her and she's got the room full of stuff and there's so much knowledge that she has acquired over that time. And so I was like, ah, I was kind of on the, on the fence and we went to a garage sale and there was a, a brand new uh, Yeti ice cooler there, just like a one, just a shoulder, shoulder strap one. And they wanted 70 bucks for it. And I had $70 um, for this, for this garage sale trip. And my mom was like, look, you can buy this right now for 70 bucks and you could probably flip it by the end of the day. And so I spent all my money at the first garage sale, $70. And I had it sold later that day for, I want to say around 260 bucks. And I was like, holy moly, I just turned 70 into 260. And literally it took probably 45 minutes. And from then on, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take this seriously. Cause I can make some pretty sweet cash, especially yeah. for college. I, I love your Midwestern uh, sayings. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, where, where did you go to college? I went to North Dakota state university. Uh, okay. I did two, two years there. And then I, I did two years at a community college here. Here in Grand Rapids, so okay, okay. So that was um, in Fargo. Yeah, Fargo, North Dakota. Oh sorry. gosh, that's really cold and windy. <laughs> hey, it's a wonderful it's like the movie, right? <laughs> it's a wonderful city. You know, I think it's yeah. the number one city for young adults to move to right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a a connection to Minnesota. I don't know if you ever heard me talk about um, when my parents were young married. Um, my mother was from Florida. So um, my dad got a job in um, Minneapolis, St. Paul. They lived in a suburb called uh, Bloomington. Yeah, where the airport is. That's where my brother was born. But uh, they didn't live there long because my mother was just thought it was hell on earth being from Florida. (laughs) Like, I could never get warm there. And the the blizzard would come and the house would creak and it was scary. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So back, they moved back down south to Atlanta and uh, everything was better. But I heard those stories my whole life of um, (laughs) how, oh, it was so horrible in Minnesota. Well, she just didn't know how to live there. You know, I think the way that you live here is what most people do is they at least spend one or two weeks in Florida. That's huge. As a teacher, (laughs) I have students and it's like, oh, they're in Florida this week. They're in Florida this week. So yeah. So you have to have that to survive. Yeah. A little reprieve for sure. Yeah. Because snow's on the ground from like what, September to May? You know, we, this, this year might be different, but we, we just got snow last night and it's, it's warm. It'll probably melt uh, today. It's, it's, we haven't had snow yet. So, I mean, the lakes aren't froze over or anything like that. Really? 
Uh-oh, yeah, global warming in Minnesota. <laughs> it is a little bit of a, a different winter so far. But okay, yeah, well, maybe usually, that's not a bad thing. No, usually it's it's June till or J- January until June when the snow is for sure on the ground. It takes okay, okay, yeah, all right. Well, um, I commend you for that, but you know, if you've been there your whole life, you don't know any different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. Um, there's, there's fun things to do in the winter too. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, like <laughs> us southerners, we're like, we want to go play in the snow, but there isn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. where we have it for two hours and then it's gone. So um yeah. I feel that that's <clears throat> I've got some snow related things on my bucket list that I'm gonna do, but I have to do it with somebody who knows how to be in cold weather because yeah, you've got a plan like, for tell sure. me what to wear, how many layers, and what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay, so um back to your Yeti cooler. You didn't mind spending all your money at the first garage sale. No, well, I mean, I, I was definitely skeptical, you know. I 70 bucks when I was 17. Heck, that's uh, almost two tanks of gas for me. So it was that was a lot of money. And so, but I, I trusted her. She'd been doing it for a long time. And yeah, sure enough, it it flipped really quickly. And that was that was that. And now nowadays I don't I don't buy things as much. I focus much more on clothing. That's kind of really? become a niche. Yeah. I, I love selling clothing. Um in college, the reason I really got into it is because it packs away so small. So I can have I had 500 items below my bed in my apartment building and I could run a pretty decent sized store right out of my, right out of the under, underneath my bed. Um, that yeah. is so smart. Yeah. I, I was able to, I mean, it was and little... he graduated debt free. Thanks to help from, from my parents a little bit. And then obviously flipping stuff on eBay. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, a much easier way in my opinion than, than, you know, working a couple part-time jobs, um, begging groceries or fast food or anything like that. Uh, well, because you have the entrepreneurial mindset because you yeah. see, you know, that it works. Um, just a lot of people don't think that way. And they're like, I'm just going to go to my job and, do my thing and get my paycheck. And um, it doesn't have to be an either or there's plenty of people that do both things, but um, you have to, you have faith in the system because you've seen it work your whole life. And um, newer people don't have the patience, you know, Oh, I bought this great thing three days ago. It hasn't sold yet. And you just got to keep feeding the pipeline and eventually it'll take it take on momentum. Oh yeah. yeah. And and it really is such a weird niche job to do. Um most people don't understand. <laughs> I think eBay is pretty lonely actually. I kind of feel that. And that's why I've been it's been really nice to see your Facebook page and and to be able to post on there because there there are very few people around me here that have any idea what I do. They 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 don't really want to listen to it. <laughs> You know, yeah, exactly. Sold some weird (laughs) pair of underwear, whatever. Um, Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) So it's been nice to have a community to say, hey, and have them celebrate your wins with you or be able to celebrate other people's wins with them. Well, and even if you meet other resellers out in the world, not all of them are friendly and forthcoming. Um, A lot of them are threatened by other resellers, you know, and I just I think there's just way too much stuff out there to to worry about what you're not getting because you could 
you don't know who's been there before you, what they know, what they want to deal with. And like at estate sales, they put new stuff out all the time as things sell, you know, they're restaging it. So um, I feel like everything's just like low hanging fruit, just there for the picking. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. And I think over the years, I've learned that I can walk into a thrift store and kind of peruse the area and I can find something in almost every section, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm kind of diversified enough that I don't have to rely solely on clothes or solely on, I mean, I love the cosmetics and the perfumes. I mean, that's a new thing in the last couple of years. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea I could flip this. Yeah. So that's been fun. Oh, so back to you, Tom, what kind of clothing do you sell? Oh, uh, you know, it, it really, it depends. Um, I I'll sell almost anything that I can make twenty or thirty dollars on. So mm-hmm. you know I I'm not gonna buy uh, a Nike T-shirt or anything like that. But there are so many brands out there that you can buy for five bucks at a thrift store and flip for forty five in no time. Um, and so it's it's really just going through and, and finding those. I mean. It's, well, it's your Lulu and your yeah. I mean, Lulu Lululemon is an easy one. Um, that but there there's there's many many brands. Um, like I just found a pair of Filson pants the other day. I don't find. Oh, them. lucky you! I never find that. I, yeah, you know, I don't one. find it all the time. But that I mean, that's just like automatic. You know, and there's so many brands like that that many of them I had never even heard of, but I see the tag, I see made in the USA or something like that. That's a big indicator made in the USA. I think when you find that on a tag, it definitely um, commands a high resale. Absolutely. So I just, I find things like that and um, I'll just do a quick little search on eBay and see what it's worth. And, you know, a lot of the things that I, I find, I won't find again for six months or whatever that brand. But as soon as I see it, I, I know, Hey, I sold that for, yeah. 40, 50 bucks profit six months ago. So I got to pick that brand up. So but, you don't necessarily focus on cold weather clothing because of your location. You just anything. I'll sell anything uh, clothing wise. You know, I really, I, I sell a lot of golf polos. Um, there's, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy fashion. So I've kind of been, I've kind of kept on the forefront, I guess, of like trends. And so like a brand that's, Within the last 10 years, that's come out. Um, it's called Roback, R-H-O-B-A-C-K. Yes, yes. And, and they have fun prints and like yeah, dogs and all and kind of fun, whimsical stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's insane how fast those sell. I, I found six of them in a row at a at a thrift store. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. I couldn't believe it. it was, Somebody cleaned out their closet or didn't yeah, like them. <laughs> and they were all 3XL too. And so they were huge. Oh, and nice. Really, you know, the... the it was an expensive thrift store. They wanted 13 bucks a piece for them, but I think I sold them all for 70 to upwards of 150 bucks for some of the the rare prints, but just things like that, where I I haven't sold, I haven't found it since, but it was like, you know, a a little bit of a a vein of gold there. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you work a regular job too? Yeah. So I'm a civil engineer by trade. I've been doing it for two years now, full time. Um, and you know it's it's it takes a lot of time. I'm also married with a, a one year old, so oh gosh. Um, a lot of fun. <laughs> it's busy, so I don't get the the same amount of time as I did in college to really really thrift. Uh, I've spent a lot more time actually buying off of eBay and flipping on eBay. So well, but you're more knowledgeable, and that was yeah. your um, 
you know, your learning curve. So you can do it faster now because you know, well, you know what you've been selling and then you know what kinds of things to look for. So yeah, uh, flipping it from eBay. Yeah. That's, that's a great strategy. If yeah. Short on time. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've only been doing it for about a year now and it's, it's hard to find, find uh good deals a lot of times, but I like to buy uh Lululemon in bulk off of eBay and then flip it individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty crazy the profits you can make just doing that. Every once in a while I have gotten burned. So I have, I have, you know, broke even or even lost a couple bucks on a couple things. But for the most part, it's uh yeah, pretty, pretty slick way when I'm short on time. Well, and that's a calculated risk. You know, you're not gonna not everything in that lot's gonna be a win, but if enough things are to where you walk away with profit, then it's worth it. Yep. Absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes the things that aren't going to flip, I'll just keep myself or give my wife or something, give it away. Yeah. People, people like nice clothes. That's for sure. That's true. And I feel like eBay is kind of recession proof because, um, oh, I'm not, I'm not paying retail for this. I'm going to go to eBay and, and pay the secondhand price, but you can still find great stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the first place I look when I, want to buy something for myself is, you know, supporting the eBay community and you can find those deals and, you know, there, there's a segment of the population that will never buy anything used Mm -hmm. and that's okay. They're not our customer. (laughs) No, they aren't. (laughs) No, in fact, I'd love to go to their garage sale. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So um, Colleen, do you have some sales that you want to talk about? Yeah. So I think one of the things that really got me, um, to be involved in eBay was back in about 2007. Um, my sister said to me, she goes, ah, clean. She goes, there's something really weird going on eBay. She said, there's these people and they're listing sweaters, but they're, they're writing ugly in the title and they're going. <laughs> and at the time, nobody knew what was going on here in the United. I mean, in, in the East coast and the West coast, had started having ugly Christmas sweater parties and they were having them in Europe, in London and in Paris. And so I Googled, I'm like ugly sweater. And then it came out that they were throwing these festive Christmas, ugly Christmas sweater parties. So it was, a, it was during a blizzard. I will never forget it. My friend and I, I said, we've got to get to the thrift store because I know where these are and they're <laughs> cheap. And so we went to every thrift store in town. And did you did you put on your cross country skis? And- <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think my friend had to push the car out of the driveway. Literally. Oh my gosh! Um, but we went there during the blizzard, and I remember I had probably sixteen or seventeen. And at the time, it didn't matter if they were sweatshirts, they were Nutcracker brand, they were gaudy and glitzy and ugly. And I bought every one. And I remember the store clerk looked at me and was like what are you going to do with these? And I was kind of dumbfounded. I thought, I didn't know what to say. And I just said, I, you know, I just love Christmas sweaters. And so I took them home and started listing them. And oh my goodness, they flew, they flew out of my store. I mean, it was all auction. Some of them would go for 20, 30. Some of them would go for over a hundred people asked me to expedite them to, to Europe. Um, it was, it was, they would have the, the, there'd be like, my party is on Friday. Can you overnight this is, you know? So in the end, I, after Christmas, I was like, oh my goodness, I have enough money to take my family on a vacation. 
And so that was the very first time I ever took my family and we went to Florida for the first time. I never, it was just bizarre that all of a sudden this money had all piled up from ugly Christmas sweaters, but it was so cool because we got in on the ground floor. Yeah. And yeah. That and was back ironic, when. Ironic uh, end to that story is you sold all these sweaters and then it paid for a trip to Florida where you don't need a sweater. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. And, you know, and that was a great run when I was listing them. I remember there were maybe two or 300 listed two or three ugly, two or 300 ugly Christmas sweaters. So now I think there's 44,000. Um, and it, that run lasted for about two or three years where I would just yeah. pick them up and then it kind of faded out. And I, and I know, I, I think I just looked at your posted sales and didn't you just sell one? Not too long I, I've got some in there. I get them all year when I can get them cheap, you know, for a dollar or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, I remember when that craze started and there's like the, the product life cycle. So it's, it's, you know, like introductory where there's not a whole lot of people doing it yet. Yep. It, yep. it gets um, into growth and then maturity and then decline. So <laughs> yeah. Um, what happened was like Walmart and Target, they have all these cheap, crappy ones with just, yeah. just like looks like a three-year-old just glued stuff on a sweater. It doesn't. And the older ones, you know, from the 90s and the 80s with all the beading and the sequins, and you can tell there's more um work involved in making them. Those that's what I look for. I don't just pick up any ugly sweater. It's got to be like those brands, design options and barrack and um, you mentioned Maria Christina too. Yes, that yes. One. or just brands you never. I have one that's named Lisa. I don't even know what that is, but it's <laughs> it's got all the stuff on it, the vests, the sweaters, and um, yeah. Um, so I just pick them up all year, and knowing I'm not going to sell them for what they went for back in the day, but if they're a dollar in the summer, pick them yeah. up and sell them for 20 to 30. And that that's a good November, December product to have in your store. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was fun. That was a fun thing. And, and I think I'm always kind of looking out to see if there's anything like that again, you know, another, another little wave that I could ride. Um, I haven't found another one like that, quite like that. Well, I know the sweatshirts that we all made in the nineties with, you know, you painted them and you um, did the iron on transfers and with the puffy paint. Um, supposedly those are, are coming back now, the, the older ones. Okay. I hadn't heard that. Did you ever get into that craft? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so far from crafty. But I'm you know crafty. what I'm talking about, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was what we did on the weekends before the internet is we made these horrible, atrocious, sweatshirts with puffy paint from michael's yep yep well funny side story a lot of those those sweaters i I actually had to end up modeling for for her so she would take pictures of me or my father wearing oh no did she cut your hat off I was like the 12 year old, 12 year old model. Obviously my face wasn't in it or anything, but it was perfect. Yeah. And did you get paid for that? I, you know, I I didn't. I I took him on a lot of trips. Yeah. You drove him to his practices and. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and having three boys, um, I bet you sold a lot of their outgrown clothes and shoes between the ages of what? 10 and 14 where they're growing so fast. They they didn't make it. Didn't oh, make they got it. worn out. Yeah, yeah, and probably because I bought them secondhand, and so they had second. But so by the time my boys were done with it, we just threw them in the garbage. So that last kid, he just <laughs> he just got it when it was already trashed. Yeah, yeah. 
or no, unless they've broken in. Yes. <laughs> so where are you in the hierarchy, Tom? I'm the oldest. Okay. So yeah. you got everything new as new as it was going to be. Even yeah. secondhand new. It yeah. was brand, it was new, but used, but it was new to you. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. And that's how my boys have just grown up. I mean, even, you know, as I would go and I did video games, I'd pick up Super Nintendos, Nintendos, Sega Genesis. They would get to play them. I'd have them. They would be my testers. They'd mm-hmm. test them. Get out. them for a week. That was that was all we'd have it for. So I, I remember one time my brother Max and I we played Super Bomberman. It was a Super Nintendo game, and but we fell in love with it, and so we ended up hiding it in the couch cushions. So that was smart. She couldn't she couldn't sell it, and then. Every time she'd get a Super Nintendo, we'd have Super Bomberman hidden in the couch cushions and we could pull it out and play it again. So you played it like when she went to the store and stuff? Oh, no, just we'd, we'd have to test it. And so, you know, oh, okay. she, she'd come <laughs> home. She'd be like, all right, boys, I got a Super Nintendo. Go let me know if it works. And so we'd oh, go plug it in and yeah play it oh, and- yeah they lived it they they lived in the video games of the 90s, you know, even when they were growing up in the 2000s. But yeah. they know vintage for sure. That's smart. We had, well, y'all probably had it too. Uh, like, I think it was GameStop or something where you rented. I think even Blockbuster, you could rent video games. So that's what I did with my kids. Cause like, I'm not paying a hundred dollars for a video game. You can just, we'll just go rent it for the weekend. And, you know, that was the thing. And I'm sure they were playing lots of games that they shouldn't have been playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I- we didn't do any of the new video game consoles. All my friends had the Xbox or the PlayStation, and I was I was playing the either the original Nintendo or the Super Nintendo, just trying to get it tested for her. So I hey, never, it saved us money. It did save absolutely, money. yeah. That's a great strategy. Good for you. So, do you remember what those games sold for? Did you have any like mind blowing you know, sales? I did. I sold a rare one called Earthbound. Um, gosh, it's probably been over. 12 years ago. And I had no idea it was rare, which was kind of, I should have done more research, but back then I just was putting it up and I think it ended up selling for like $180. And that was an Atari game. If I'm not mistaken. No, maybe it was SNES. I'm not sure. You also sold that Yoshi game. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, One of my coolest finds was I went to in the middle of the woods in, in Northern Minnesota, there was a so we have a, a garage sale that's kind of famous called the third highway 38 garage sales. And it's 38 miles of garage sales. And it happens every September and people do come from other States to come to these sales. But um, at, in the beginning, when they started having the sale, there was a convenience store kind of weird store in a little tiny town that has about 25 people. Oh gosh. And it had closed down in the eighties. And um, they opened it up for this garage sale and it was everything that was still pristine from the 1980s. It was t-shirts. And I ended up buying a bunch of these video games that were uh, little tiny ones for like a, the, one of the very first handheld games. I'm not even sure. Game Boy Color or something. Something like that. But each one of those games that I bought, and I probably bought 10 or 12, went for over a hundred bucks. And it was, it was just one of those crazy things. And I found vintage t-shirts. My husband wore the vintage t-shirts for a long time, but that, that was really fun. So you like, you can't wear that for sale. What are you doing? We do that all the time. Yep. Yeah, I know. And as soon as I do that with my inventory too, like, oh, this will fit me, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and put it up for sale and then I'll just enjoy it until it sells. And every single thing I choose 
it sells pretty fast. Like oh, I was going to wear that to such and such. Oh, well, I'll just find another one. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the mentality is like, yep, we'll just keep rolling. You know, that I, you don't feel an attachment to things so much. Right. So, okay. Let's hear some more sales. Cause I see you posting a lot. Oh gosh. This summer we had a really fun sale that I went to with Tommy's <laughs> wife. And, oh, yeah. um, so we went to the sale and it was a community kind of sale and we opened the door. It was in a pole barn kind of area and they had about 60 pairs of brand new red wing shoes and boots. And the sign said $50 per pair. And I know Red Wing, Red Wing, Minnesota is, is not too far from here. And I know the quality of those boots. And so I thought, oh my goodness, what do I do? Do I buy 60 pairs at $50 a pair? Um, and, and I was a little bit like, ah. so I called Tommy who was at work and he's like, buy them all mom, buy them all. Oh gosh. <laughs> and I, and I, I just thought, I don't know what to do in the end. Um, they were brand new, but they were um, factory seconds that had been donated to this community center. And so we ended up purchasing 14 pairs of these red wing boots that were brand new. It's all they allowed us to buy. So they cut <laughs> oh, us they put a limit on you. Okay. Yeah. They, yeah. And, and because I did, I said, they said, what are you going to do with all these boots? And I said, well, I'm a reseller, a reseller. And they said, okay, well, in the interest of trying to make sure that the community gets all these boots, we're going to limit you. And I said, that's fine. That's fine. So we ended up with 14 pairs um, at $50 a pair. I think we recouped our, Tommy and I then decided to split them because he was kind of being my, um, you know, helpline there. I'm, phone I'm a friend, gonna... phone a friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, like I say, you don't have a lot of people that you can talk to eBay about. So it was so right, nice to, right. to phone him. So we split it and, and 350 a piece. And we made that back within the sale of our first two, yes. two pairs. I think. Oh, the, gosh. Well, we found a couple. We found three pairs of a, a Japanese exclusive, really rare boot. And it, I think we sold the first pair for 440, the second pair for 460, and the last pair for 500. And they all were, it was just like bang, bang, bang. Sold right away. Um, oh, yeah, I love that. We still we still have some that we're selling. I mean, we just sold a pair for four hundred. Oh like my! Ago. Yeah. Well, that brings us to a whole another category of of your podcast, and that's the scam. Um, okay. We're, we're involved in a scam currently regarding these boots. Um, a pair sold for four hundred dollars. Um, I shipped them to Delaware. The person paid immediately. Um, didn't pick them up. They tried to deliver them to wherever he was supposed to get them. Didn't, you know, emailed me, can't pick them up. And I said, well, go to the post office. It says they're there. Had them for a couple of weeks. It went to the post office. He picked them up. He had them for a couple of weeks and then emails me back and says, yeah, they don't fit. You know, I want to return them. And so it was uh, not as described. So eBay immediately refunded the 400 plus the shipping. Uh, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. So then he said that he was going to ship them back. So I get notification on my phone that says the boots were shipped back to my house and I get home and there's no boots. And I, I'm like, what, you know, so thankfully Northern Minnesota, I happened to have gone to high school with my postal deliverer. So I called her, <laughs> I called her up and I said, Tara, did you happen to, to drop off any packages at my house? And she said, no. And I said, well, tracking showing that it was delivered to my house. So she, um, did a little research for me. And she's like, no, she said there was a package, but it was delivered to a law office in, in town. So I contacted the law office 
and what had been delivered to them with my tracking number that he was supposed to send the boots back to, he sent a, a weird little envelope taped, all taped up to this law office with my tracking number. And inside was a strange little patch with an Indian head with a headdress on it. No other information, but because the eBay got wind that the tracking was delivered to our town, it made me give the money back. So it just, oh. he just sent something. So there would be yeah with tracking. Yep. And oh, then, what a jerk. Yeah. And so I have been on the phone with eBay and I've been reassured now that I've proved proven that he sent not what was supposed to be delivered, that they said that on Monday, I'm supposed to have my money refunded. So I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that it'll all go through, but boy, it, yeah, it just, I haven't had any scams in the, in the 18 years. This is kind of the big first one. Did you look at his account and see if it was new or if he like leaves bad feedback or anything like that? You know, he, I didn't pay attention to it because it was shipped to Delaware prior to. Well, I mean like after the fact, after after the fact I've looked now he's based in Croatia, which was a red flag. The, the package that he was shipped was, it was shipped to Delaware, but the tracking number that I, to have the boots returned came from Sarasota, Florida. So it, it just kind of all worked out that this was just a guy taking me for a ride. So. Wow. I, Cause I was going to say, did it go to a freight forwarder and it could have gotten messed up there? Cause I know there, there are some in Delaware. Um, you know what that is, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, for the listeners, it's a business that purchases things and then forwards them on to usually foreign countries. So yeah. they're usually located on the coasts, west that's, and east yeah. coast. Yeah. That's more than likely what, what happened. And I think eBay has a policy that if it goes to a freight forwarder that they won't honor a return. Um, I believe, I believe okay. it's something like that. Cause well, I mean, most of them are legit. They're totally fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never I had should... a problem, but no. uh, sometimes, yeah, this sounds like a very isolated incident, especially for you after 18 years of not being involved. And this kind of crap you hear online, just Mm -hmm. you don't hear about the thousands and thousands of sales that go perfectly. The happy customers, you know, this is, this is what somebody's going to make a video about, put on YouTube about eBay sucks and don't do it. And I got scammed and it's just a rare, really a rare occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I, and again, that's part of what makes your podcast so nice is it's typically all positive. You don't have, um, you know, a lot of the complaining or things that you hear on other podcasts. Yeah. Like there's no crying in baseball. There's no (laughs) whining and griping in eBay. (laughs) Absolutely. Just be thankful. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody has challenges, I guess, things they run into, but there's usually a solution for every problem. And that's, that's where people get tripped up is like, they just, stay in that angry stage of I got scammed. And um, sometimes you can work it out. You just have to go to the right people, go to eBay for business on Facebook. And um, usually they have your back. I mean, there's times when they don't, but usually they do. So this $400, you're looking for that to be returned, like credited next week or yeah, they said it was supposed to show up on Monday. And, and you know, they have been really good. I, I haven't done the Facebook um, eBay connection, but I've just called them and yeah. they've been really easy to contact. And they typically call back within two minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's been really nice. Well, I'm glad to hear that because during COVID, it 
it just all fell apart with getting help from eBay because, mm. um, you know, their phone lines weren't really working. And um, that's when eBay for business really took off on Facebook to help people. And um, I do like eBay for business better because you have the record of that chat um, exchange, you know, the when you're talking back and forth, you can save that, screenshot it, whatever. And sometimes when you're on the phone, you know, you might be told something, but you don't have any proof of what you were told. So sure. Sure. unless you're recording it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm so I'm so new to Facebook. I don't I, like I oh, said, really? I, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know much about it. So it's just been easier to use the eBay site from for me. But well, you do pretty well posting your sales. So well, and that's all new. You're the very first thing I've ever posted to on Facebook. Oh, good. I'm glad I was your inaugural Facebook group. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been really fun. Are you a Facebooker, Tom? No, I I don't do social media. Yeah, you're like my son. He just is like, I don't know. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I don't, I don't do Facebook. I don't do any of that. Because I mean, like, what if you run into somebody at the store? You don't, you're not gonna have anything to talk about because you already know everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's just not, not my thing. I'm not a, I try to stay out of, stay out of the loop a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of a time suck anyway. So I'm really just on there for my business most of the time. Yeah. But cause you know, uh, my audience is mostly like your mom's age and yeah. um, I don't, I, they're just not on like Instagram and all these other things, TikTok, you know, for for what I'm, for what I have, you know, yeah. they're, they're not there. So, you know, it's like Facebook is a dinosaur. The young, younger ones don't really like it anymore. It's all those old well, people. <laughs> and I, I listen to podcasts all the time. Podcasts are my, my thing. And so she obviously found you and then told me. And so like, I, I listen to your podcast and like, in, I enjoy that, but yeah. Oh, she, great. Thank you. She does the, she does the Facebook. You won't catch me on there, unfortunately, but well, she can, she can post your sales for you. Hey, there we yeah, go. This yeah, isn't exactly. mine. This is what my wonderful, brilliant son did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You have any more stories you want to tell? Oh, there, I mean, there's so many stories. It's well, uh, let's, let's keep rolling. That's what I my mean, audience loves are the stories. Yeah. I mean, I, We've got 20 years of stories, unfortunately. <laughs> we could do this forever. But yeah, I mean, one that come, comes to my mind right now, I guess, is uh, it wasn't with my my mom, but a, a lot of times we, whenever, obviously growing up, we would go on these these trips and you'd, you'd try to pay for your trip as you do eBay. And so last year, my wife and I took off. We were going to a wedding in, in Montana. Um, it was about a 15-hour drive one way. And so we're, the goal was, all right, we're going to pay for this trip out of ebay and uh, see if we can do it um i don't think i've ever not done it It, it's usually pretty successful and so we took off and headed across and we got to bozeman montana and it was right around the fourth of july and every single thrift store we went to was shut down oh they were were closed for fourth of july and i could not believe it i was so disappointed and my wife's like it's okay like for we're just let's just go home it'll be fine we're on our way back and i'm like okay there's one one more it says on Google Maps. We just got to stop at this this last one right here, okay? Like uh, if if it's if it's closed, I promise I'll be done. And so we pull up, and there's a van parked outside of it that is just stuffed to the brim with junk. And I'm like, oh, this is a good sign. Hey, here Perfect. We go. <laughs> sure enough, that that door was open, and 
I'm a little bit of a neat and tidy guy. I like thrift stores. I'll pay a higher price if the thrift store is well organized or whatever. But at this point, I was so desperate. I'm like, it didn't matter to me. I walk in and there is just a pile of junk right by the front door. And it's all clothing. And it's this lady in there that was running, running an eBay store, but she does a thrift store as well. And she's like, anything you want, $2 a piece. And we spent probably two two hours there or so just digging through this pile of stuff. And we ended up walking out, we spent $90. Um, and it was an insane amount of stuff. I remember one thing that I had found in there was a pair of LL Bean thick wool pants, brand new with tags from 1989. And I sold them like two days later for 175 bucks, full asking price. Good for you. Well, there's our gas money for the trip, basically. And uh, yeah, the the price of admission at the thrift store. And then I had 40 40 other items at $2 a piece that I was able to flip. And I still have a couple things from a year and a half ago now that haven't sold, but the vast majority of it sold right away. And when you get it for that cheap, you can take best offers that are maybe a little bit lower than what you want to. But, so that was before the baby came. So that was, that was your uh, wife that was, and you're like, we're just going to be here until we're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think that probably had a little bit of an influence on why she wanted to get going so fast, but she actually <laughs> loved digging through that store too. So. Oh, I bet. It's yeah, kind that's of funny. What I like, I um, look at estatesales.net every week and uh, there was one on there this week that had almost 500 pictures. Wow. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. But, you know, it was all junk. I mean, it was like a lot of dishes and they had like all these individual pictures. And, um, you know, I like the pictures of, you know, the garage and there's all these boxes and you don't really know what's in there. You're zooming in, like trying to see what is in there. And it's like, no, this is good. It's a treasure hunt. I want to go dig through that and see if they didn't have time to take everything out of the boxes and, you know, showcase it, then that's what I want. I want the stuff that they, they glaze over. Like, oh yeah. The stuff under the tables. Yeah. (laughs) And like, you know, the kitchen's always got the, you know, expensive knife set and the dishes and the overpriced Pyrex stuff. And, you know, I want like, what's under that table? What's behind, what's behind curtain number two? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. It pays to dig around. That's for sure. I know this this year I went to an estate sale and again, every, it was a garage full of junk, but I started digging under the tables. And again, I never would have sold plush if I hadn't learned that from you guys on, oh, good. on your site. But I pulled out a 1963 Leo, talking Leo the lion plush toy. I don't, I'm not sure. like a yellow lion and he's got like a really uh that's the main but he was talking he had a pull string yes he's like worth three hundred dollars or something well I think I probably made about 80 on him but okay um, but it was just fun to find something that I was like my gosh this is 1963 I wasn't even born then this is awesome and it still worked and and the buyer was super happy to to find it but yeah digging under those tables You never know what you're going to find. Yeah, that's cool. And I do. I love your Bolo book. My son got me one for Christmas last year and I'm kind of, I've got it on my list for this year as well. So. Oh, good. So yeah. Is that a Bose radio behind you? No, it's not. Just it's a, just a old cheap one. Yeah. <laughs> I always look in the background. What's back? What's behind there? <laughs> yep. I don't think you can turn it off. Like even when you go to other people's houses and you're like, oh, there's that 
there's that cross stitch thing that sells for $200. You know, I'll, I'll give you 20 bucks for that. Oh yeah. yeah no, no. I, it's really bad for me. Cause everybody I walk by or anybody I see, I'm always looking at what they're wearing and trying to figure it out. And it's, it's crazy. I, I don't know. I, I I enjoy doing it too, but I'm sure people feel judged or like. Well, I I just so I did the same thing. Um, I was in the grocery store the other day and I saw this man. He must have been like a hundred, but he had on a Monster Energy hat, and those Monster items are only sold at their events. Like you can't hmm. buy them in stores or on the website. You know, you have to go to an event. That's why they sell for so much and. If he hadn't have been that age, I, I didn't want to bother him. I, I would have, I would have been like, "Hey, I'll give you twenty bucks for your hat." Knowing <laughs> I could sell it for over a hundred. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm not above anything. I would say <laughs> that you know, if they have on a master's hat or um, you know something you recognize that is worth a lot of money, hey, I'll give you twenty bucks for that. And I mean, the worst thing they can do is say no. Yep. <laughs> don't ask the answer is always no wow i've never thought to do that before <laughs> well you, you got to get brave and be kind of a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you never know somebody could need the 20 bucks right then so yeah always have a little cash on you for sure <laughs> okay well we're almost to the end did you guys want to answer one of those questions at the end sure Okay, so which which question would you like to answer to, to your personal life? Oh gosh, I well, the, the problem is all the books that I read come from Goodwill, so they're none of them are like new. Who cares? New it's the same same words. Well, okay, so um, I have to look at this one. This one is one of my favorites. It's called "Rediscovering Travel: A Guide for the Globally Curious" by oh, Seth nice. Google. And so, like I had mentioned before, we pretty much use our eBay money to travel. And so this book kind of talks about getting off the grid, not, I mean, going into the, the, the off the beaten path places and, and how do you make a, a, a vacation, you know, different than a cookie cutter. I'm going to go see these particular sites, but to get out and to meet people. And it's kind of reminds me of eBay in a way too, just kind of going and, and going off on your own into different places. And so, yeah, it's, it's a cool book. It's called rediscovering travel, a guide for the globally curious. Okay. What's one place that you want to go? Oh, we actually have a trip planned. We're going to over Easter. We are heading to Italy. So. You and every other person I know in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like all my friends went over the summer and I'm watching them on Facebook posting. And um, so are you doing like an organized trip or are you just kind of figuring out where you want to go? Oh gosh, no, we just, it's we, totally unorganized, totally unorganized. Yeah. That's the best. It's just, you, you go where you're drawn to and just, yeah. Oh, I want to see that. Or you're, you're going along on the train and you're like, Oh, I want to stop and see that. Yeah. And, and we will be doing some, some thrifting while we are there. <laughs> Really? Oh yeah. We will try. I, I've had not very good luck in other countries when I try to thrift or because for example, we were in a little country called St. Kitts, which is Oh yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so 40,000 people on the island, more monkeys than people, actually. And I remember <laughs> asking the the taxi driver, I'm like, so do you have any thrift stores? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, No, he said, we just give it to the younger people to keep using, you know. And so he, they, there was no such thing as a thrift store there. 
but um, in other countries, I've, I've, I've tried to search them out and no luck. A little bit different. I remember I studied abroad in my, after my sophomore year of college and went to Denmark for, it was like two months or so. Oh, interesting. I, I would find stuff over there and whichever country we traveled to, my buddies and I, I would always make sure to stop by a thrift store and see if I could find anything cool. And nothing sticks out right now, but I do remember finding some stuff and bringing clothing home from, from there that I had bought at thrift stores and still have some of it to this day. Just Good kind of you. cool brands, but it's, it's a lot of fun going over to different countries because you find things that, you know, you know, you, you would never find here because it's either a small company over in Europe or, you know, something, something different. But Did you ever listen to the scavenger life podcast? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah okay. Won. So they did that a lot, like on purpose would go, over to Europe and I believe some Scandinavian countries and, you know, they would go to these flea markets and um, bring all this, I don't want to say weird stuff, but unusual, like things you don't see every day in our thrift stores and you sure. know, they would bring extra luggage to put it all in. And they had a whole plan for that. So that was interesting to, to listen to when they would. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. I really enjoyed them. I still follow their store. They have, probably 10,000 items for wow. sale. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I, I watch them as well. I watch their store, but kind of miss their podcast too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got into the Airbnb and the coffee shop and all kinds of stuff, but uh, they still do eBay and they they're on like a homestead. So they have unlimited space yeah. to store everything <laughs> like, Oh, we'll just build a new shed, put more stuff in it. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't yeah. do that. So <laughs> You don't have that? No, I have one bedroom that's packed. And um, yeah, it's been the eBay room for quite a few years. Yeah, it's been the eBay room for forever. Yeah. But. Well, hey, you've got to work with what you have. No problem. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys have just been delightful. It's just, I love your stories. And um, I'm going to put you on my list to recycle you and have you on again another time to tell more stories. Oh, well, thank <laughs> yeah. you. It's been really fun to visit with you. What are y'all up to this afternoon? I don't know. It's a little too late now to get, we don't have many thrift stores around here. We have to drive quite a ways to find yeah. them. So I don't think there's any thrifting. I'm going to be going to Salvation Army on the way home. <laughs> other than that, yeah. How far away do you live? Uh, about 10 minutes or so. Not oh, okay. Okay. Grand Rapids so is, is, it's a pretty small town. It's, I think, probably, well, in the wintertime, it's probably 10,000 people. In the summertime, it's probably 40,000 people. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so kind your of car just automatically goes into the, Salvation Army on your way home. Yeah. Oh, mine does. Yeah, a couple yeah. times a week. We only have we've got three thrift stores in town, so um, you know, one every day of the week, and you know, try to see what what the new inventory is. But that's right, you gotta constantly be scoping it out. You don't know what could have been put out five minutes ago. Yep, exactly. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on, and um, I just really enjoyed talking with y'all. Lots of fun, yeah. lots of fun stories with the the mom and son team. Well, you can tell we don't get to talk to a lot of people about it. We're pretty pumped <laughs> up and excited. I mean, we we love doing it. If I could do it full time, I'd do it full time in a second. I but. know, but I said you just paid for a degree in engineering. You're going to stick with your job. You're not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's too I mean, fun. you can work it in on the side, but oh, yeah. um, it's eBay's just not predictable, and I sure wouldn't you know, rely on it for a hundred percent of my income. Oh yeah. No. Unless I was like 
the scavengers, Jay and Ryan, that have 10,000 things, then maybe. But, yeah. Um, but wow. What a side gig, though. Really? I know. I it's, know. And they're like, hey, nothing expires. We just keep it and keep going. So something to think about. Okay. Well, y'all have a great day. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Okay, on to today's trivia question. It is about the great state of Minnesota. What is the population of the entire state? Here are a few seconds to think about it. Okay, there are 5.7 million people in the 87,000 square miles of Minnesota, so that's about 71 people per square mile if you divide it out. So I compare that to Metro Atlanta, which has 6 million people crammed into 134 square miles, or about 185 people per square mile. So Minnesota has some beautiful country and wide open spaces, and I love that. Okay, next week, I have another eBay selling team, Joyce and Leanne in Texas. I love how eBay can be a family affair, even across the generations. I'm wishing all of you a happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. We have so much to be grateful for and so much to look forward to in the coming year. I'll see you back next week, the first week in 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye for now.